Hello and welcome to the Career Speakeasy, a casual, fun, and irreverent place to share ideas about career development, the world of work, and life in general. I'm your host and proprietress, Kelly Nottingham. Growing your career should not be boring. So come on in, pull up a chair, and pick your poison. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first real true episode of the Career Speakeasy. Uh, I'm Kelly, glad to be with you today. And I picked a topic that's, uh, I don't know whether I should call it near and dear to my heart or not. It's near and dear to me. Uh, Whether or not I'm happy about it is a whole different question. I have decided to launch this podcast discussing perfectionism and what I like to call perfectionism. That's just a little teaser for uh, the next episodes. But I've done some research, found some great articles on psychology today, on perfectionism, on uh, the American Psychological Association's page about the many faces of perfectionism, an article by Etienne Benson, a HuffPost article called How to Overcome Perfectionism, Eight Strategies for Making a Better Life by Tamar Chansky, uh, an article called uh, To Beat Perfectionism, Use Psychology, Not Strategy on Medium.com, and that's by Nick Wignall. Uh, Some information on how to overcome perfectionism by Anxiety Canada, and another uh, Psychology Today article by Dr. Bill Gordon called Social Media is Harmful to Your Brain and Relationships, and holy cow, I'm going to be talking about that a little bit. So let's just jump right in with this topic of perfectionism. To be perfectly honest, the reason that I wanted to discuss perfectionism especially at the beginning of this podcast, is because this is something that I really struggle with myself. Perfectionism for me has has been something that I've dealt with my entire life. And we're going to start off by defining really what perfectionism is and isn't. Perfectionism is not just high standards. It's not wanting to set a level of excellence for yourself and pushing toward that level of excellence. Perfectionism is really an attempt to control the outcome of a situation that may or may not be controllable at all. Uh, it's a way of, in my way of thinking of it, it's, it's beating ourselves up over our past. It's trying to control our future by obsessing over it. And because we're focused so much on the past and so much on the future, we're entirely missing the present time. We're missing the process of what we're doing. We lose our perspective on what's actually important. And this is relevant. Um, I'm going to go into slight confessional time here. This is really relevant uh, in relation to this podcast in particular, because I have been trying to start this podcast for months, months and months. And I have gotten held up on finding the perfect, with a capital P, title, the perfect setup the perfect topics, the perfect cover art, the perfect intro music, and obsessing over the fact that I'm going to make mistakes and have to edit them out. And it's going to take a long time. So I need to plan and I need to prepare for this and I need for everything to be just so before I can actually start recording and putting things out there. 
So as we go through these next few podcasts, I felt like this was a bit therapeutic and cathartic for me to start with perfectionism as a topic because these are my very first podcasts and I know that I'm going to mess stuff up and I know that there are going to be things that I say that aren't right, that uh, maybe I stumble over my words a little bit. And as I edit this I'm going to do my very best to let some of those imperfections go into the final product. So for those of you who may feel that you also struggle with perfectionism, uh, I want for us to all, you know, virtually give each other a little pat on the back and hug of support to say, you know what, it's okay. It's okay that things are not quote unquote perfect. And I hope that you will forgive my imperfections on this podcast uh, as I try to forgive myself for making them. And this is where really that idea of what perfectionism is and isn't comes out. This isn't just setting high standards. What I was just talking about with you, that's not setting high standards. That's setting impossible standards. For those of us who deal with perfectionism, we have this overarching idea that there is a world where we don't make mistakes. And that world just doesn't exist as human beings. It, it just doesn't. And when we're struggling with perfectionism, it is that attempt to control that outcome. It is an attempt uh, to control the uncontrollable. It's an attempt to be angry with ourselves and beat ourselves over the head with our past mistakes thinking that somehow that's going to make our future selves better uh, and that somehow we're not going to make mistakes. And of course, logically, we may know that this isn't true. Logically, yeah, we know we're not perfect, but we still hold out on this ideal that there actually is a way for us to be perfect. And until we get to that point, we're somehow failures. Now, one other thing that that I find really kind of interesting about the idea of perfectionism is that people will use perfectionism as sort of a humble brag. So what I mean by that, uh, oh God, we've all been in interviews where they ask you, tell us about a weakness that you may have, a challenge that you may have at work. And it has become so standard of a response to say, well, you know, I do tend to be a bit of a perfectionist. And y'all, I have done this myself. I have said this in interviews, thinking that this somehow made me sound really good because I was coming up with something that, you know, nobody could possibly criticize you in an interview. If you say that you're a perfectionist, it means that your work is going to be spectacular. But that's not really what perfectionism is. Perfectionism, when you're dealing with it, it manifests in a lot of different ways. And we're going to talk about the ways that this this manifests. It's not pleasant to be a perfectionist. And it doesn't mean that your work is going to be perfect. It will most likely mean that your work is going to be sort of half-assed and often late uh, because you can't get started. You overdo it too much trying to make it right. So let's jump in with talking about the different types of perfectionism and and what they look like, because there are several different types of manifestations of perfectionism. And then we'll talk about what it looks like. We'll talk about some ways that it shows up in our thinking and in our behaviors, and hopefully start down this path of helping those of you who may also struggle with perfectionism to recognize those thoughts and behaviors so that we can start to push back against them. 
So let's jump in. There are three types of perfectionism. Uh, the first is a self-oriented perfectionism. Uh, so this means that we may impose unrealistic expectations or desires to be perfect upon ourselves and for ourselves. So let's say that you are trying to, I don't know, get in shape and that you set these perfectionistic standards of you have to complete these entire workouts every single day or you are a complete failure. Uh, it is setting expectations for yourself that are likely not realistic and it's not coming from anywhere else, anybody else's expectations. We're going to be talking about that in a second. This one is all about you and your self-orientation. What's interesting is that self-orientated perfectionists, uh, you all may, if you find yourself in this boat, you may do fine when you don't have a lot of stress on yourself. But when you get much more stressed out, that's when issues start to show up. You may find yourself depressed, anxious, you might berate yourself, and it could even in, in very severe cases lead to suicide or at least suicidal thoughts. So I just want to interject that if you find that as we talk through any of these challenges, any of these issues with perfectionism, uh, if you find that you have any thoughts of self-harm in any way, any thoughts of suicide, please, please, please reach out for help. Talk to someone, talk to a therapist, talk to a counselor. Uh, you don't have to go through that alone. And uh, there are resources out there to help you. So I wanted to just to let you know that you are supported, you are loved, and please get help if, if help would benefit you. Our second type of orientation for perfectionism is other-orientated perfectionism. So this is imposing unrealistic standards of perfection on other people. So this may be uh, manifested in wanting to demand perfection from your friends or from family members or coworkers. Uh, it can be really, really damaging to intimate relationships. And it can also be really difficult to manage through when you're dealing with coworkers or bosses who expect 100% perfection on everything. If you are a leader who expects 100% perfection on your employees, please understand this is not helping them to achieve more. It's probably pushing them away and causing them a tremendous amount of stress that is likely impacting their work performance. Parents may be intolerant of mistakes by their children, for example. Some of you, and I'm going to date myself a little bit here by talking about this movie that's a little bit older. Uh, a movie called Sleeping with the Enemy. I don't know if any of you remember this movie. It featured Julia Roberts. It was from way back in 1991, uh, where she was married to a man who was a very strongly other-oriented perfectionist, and he wanted everything clean just so. Everything had to be according to his extremely strict standards in the household. And uh, Julia Roberts' character, who was married to him, uh, dealt with a lot of abuse and both psychological, physical, emotional abuse um, in trying to meet those standards. So it's a thriller. It's exciting. So if you, uh, you know, if, if any of you uh, have any desire to watch that movie, it's called Sleeping with the Enemy. And it gives a, a pretty decent example of that other-oriented perfectionism. The third type is... What I think a lot of us commonly think of when we think of perfectionism, it is socially prescribed perfectionism. It's about perceiving unrealistic expectations of perfection from other people. So this perfectionism is based on a perception. What I like to think of is a perception once removed. 
So it isn't even our own perceptions of our own failures. That would be that self-oriented perfectionism. This is the perception that we have of other people's perceptions of us and our work and our accomplishments. So in a sense, we're trying with this perfectionism, we're trying to mind read what other people think perfect is, and we're trying to meet what we think their standard is. So we're basically trying to to put on our little mind reading hat and say, this is what this other person expects from me. So I need to hit that mark or I am a failure. Psychologist Gordon Flett uh, said that, quote, socially prescribed perfectionism has an element of pressure combined with a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. Socially prescribed perfectionists tend to feel that the better I do, the better I'm expected to do, end quote. Some people fear success because they feel that if they are successful, they are setting a bar that they then cannot continue to reach. And so they will eventually fail. So those are the three types of perfectionism, self-oriented, other-oriented, and socially prescribed. Uh, I'd be interested uh, in where you may feel that you fall if you have any perfectionistic tendencies and if that actually helps you to think about that in those three different ways. So perfectionism in general has a really negative focus and this is what changes it from the idea of having high standards. Because its focus is not really truly on success, it's on avoiding failure. The focus is not on growth, but on I'm not acceptable or lovable if I'm not perfect. And because perfectionism ties itself to what we value or what we think others value, it's really honestly always a moving target, which means we can't ever measure really what perfection is. So perfectionism has a lot of serious potential consequences. We've talked about a few of these already. Uh, with depression, with increased anxiety, uh, and with suicidal thoughts. We also see some very severe uh, repercussions sometimes in self-harm of different types, eating disorders, bulimia, and anorexia. Um, But there are also what could be considered less obviously severe, but still important consequences that we need to, to keep in mind. So things like risk avoidance, Uh, Maybe you're stuck in a job that you don't love, you're not overly happy with, and you want to maybe find something else, but you're scared to apply for other jobs because you don't have the perfect resume or your background doesn't match perfectly with jobs that you would want to move into. And so you keep yourself from trying new roles. You keep yourself from trying new projects because it has to be 100% or you're not going to try. That's risk avoidance. Rigid thinking, not letting other people share ideas. When you aren't willing to try new things and fail and learn from them, You may also struggle with serious procrastination issues. And we, uh, I touched on this just a second ago. Y'all, this is where I really struggle. I will start new projects and then feel overwhelmed with a need to make it perfect. And we'll just stop the project because it's it's safer to stop and know that I'm going to fail because I only kind of half tried than it is to actually commit myself to it and fail spectacularly. 
So that is one behavior that we tend to see with with procrastinators. You may chronically procrastinate on things because you need to get all of the information. And is your research complete to the level that you expect it to be before you can make a decision? Do you tend to give up early on things because it's just not good enough? Have you started on a hobby and you gave up because you weren't good at it right away? You may find yourself being overly cautious or thorough in tasks. So something that would take somebody normally 20 minutes to do, it takes you two or three hours because you want to go back over it. You want to look over it again. Uh, You take your time. You rethink yourself. And you do what's called excessive checking. You may type up an email. You have three people look over it. You look over it again. You decide to wait before you send it because you want to look over it again. You look at it again the next day. And this constant excessive checking to make sure that you haven't made any mistakes. Uh, You want to reword things. You want to improve by redoing. So you may have a, a project that you're working on that is good enough, but you keep going back over it and back over it and back over it, trying to make it perfect, perfecter than it was before. Uh, you may agonize over small details. So what step comes next? I'm not sure. And those small details can sometimes show up on really elaborate to-do lists where you keep reworking your to-do list or you build out these really complicated to-do lists and you agonize over the details. You put things in different orders. You're not sure that the list has everything. And so instead of actually just starting on whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, the to-do list itself becomes a mechanism for your perfectionism to show up. And the to-do list becomes a humongous task in itself. And then you give up because the list is just too much to deal with. I don't want to mess with it. So I'm just going to stop right there. I'm going to go have a snack and take a nap because it's taking up so much effort and energy. You may avoid just completely trying new things because you don't want to make mistakes. Now, there are different types of perfectionistic thinking And if you have recognized any of these behaviors in yourself, I'd like for you, as we go through these perfectionist thinking types, to try to recognize anything that you may do that may be contributing to your perfectionism. So some examples of perfectionist thinking. Uh, You may have black and white thinking, meaning anything less than perfection is a failure. If I need help from other people, I'm weak. I like to think of these as all or nothing thinking is another way to think of them. Uh, If everything isn't 100%, then everything is zero. There is no gray area at all in this way of thinking. The next example of perfectionistic thinking is catastrophic thinking. If I make a mistake, this whole thing's going to fall apart. This whole project is going to collapse. This one I have seen manifest with coaching clients before. As if I make a mistake on this, I am going to lose my job. One mistake is going to avalanche into, I'm going to be living in a van down by the river because I messed up on one thing. The likelihood of that is really not so much. The next one is what is called in in the psychological world, probability overestimation. So this is similar in a sense to catastrophic thinking. Uh, So some examples of this, I have spent three weeks working on this presentation. 
And even though I've spent all this time on it, I I really don't think I'm going to do well on it. Or if I take a day off because I'm sick, my boss is going to think that I'm lazy and I'm not committed to the team. It's overestimating the probability of something happening. The fourth type of perfectionistic thoughts is should statements. Um, Tony Robbins uh, has, has often said that people should all over themselves. And this is where we tend to see this one come up. The things like, I should not have done that that way. Um, I should never make mistakes. Even though I'm getting ready to speak in front of a large group for the first time, I should not be nervous. I should always be able to tell when things are going to happen before they happen because I'm smarter than this and I should have known this and why did I do this? I should have done better. These should statements when they pop up often are happening and and like I guess a lot of these, uh, they really happen in the back of our brain in this sort of running dialogue that we have with ourselves that we oftentimes don't even catch. We don't even realize that these thoughts are happening. So these different examples of perfectionistic thoughts, I don't know if any of these resonated with you. I know as I was doing this research and looking at a couple of of these in particular, I thought, oh my, I might be a little bit guilty of that. So think about your thinking. Be aware of your thinking. Our thinking is really what influences our behaviors and the way that we interact with the world. So if you're thinking these things about yourself, or if you're thinking these about other people, then this may be a very strong contributor to your perfectionistic tendencies. So that's it for our first episode on perfectionism. And now it's time for our last call. So do you have perfectionistic tendencies? Have you identified anything that we've talked about today that really jumped out at you as something that you do? What are some thoughts that you have? What are some behaviors that you have? Which type of perfectionism do you have? Is it focused on yourself? Is it focused on others? Or is it that socially prescribed perfectionism? For your last call this episode, I would like for you to take a few minutes over the course of the next few days to catch yourself in your thinking or behaviors when you see those behaviors or you hear those thoughts in your head. Latch on to them for a second and start to really process where they might be coming from. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about some techniques for overcoming perfectionism. I look forward to talking with you about that soon. Well, thanks for joining me. If you have suggestions, feedback, or just something random you want to share, email me at careerspeakeasy@gmail.com at gmail.com and come visit again soon. Cheers. Cheers.